This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Good evening, church. Got like a million testimonies and scriptures and principles all burning in my heart that I just want to share with you at the same time. But that's not going to work because then I'll have to go and you'll have to interpret. Um, so I'm just sharing it because um, a lot of females, a lot of us are um, verbal processors. So I just needed to process that. That's why I told you. But also my heart is still a little bit overwhelmed with um, with how great and big God is. So this, this new friend that... Um, Eugene, bless you so much, Eugene. I just honor you straight back for your integrity in your heart with which you and your wife and kids serve the year, the Lord year in and year out. So beautiful. Hallelujah. Um, so this young lady, so we, we sitting in my car after church and I'm now curious, like, what was it like for her? Because like word on the street is she's now atheist, but now we were sitting there and she was nodding her head sometimes. I'm like, I'm confused. And anyway, but we did, um, shared a little bit of the gospel with her at the end of the hike and, um, so, um, and also before I shared with her, obviously the enemy like plants those thoughts in your head, but you can't share that that's offensive because she believes what you believe that she believes one thing and you're going to share something else. Then what if that's offensive? And I'm just like, sure, if there's a cliff and somebody's going to fall off, I'd rather want them offended and alive because that's the two options we have, offended on the way to heaven. So hallelujah. Um, I'm just sharing that bit of information with you just in case you thought the lady, the young girl ran to me and said, share the gospel. And I was like waiting for you. No, I was looking for opportunities on the hike just to connect with her because if we cannot love people, why do we want to share the gospel with them? Because the heart of the gospel is love. That's why Jesus hung on the cross because of his love, because of God so judged, enjoyed, no, loved the world. He sent his only begotten son. So guys, there are people in your life and my life that are waiting for us to notice them and just to start being interested in them. Because the most basic form of love is being interested in somebody that you don't know well yet. So that's just for free on this side. So now um, we we on the hike, we're chatting. Holy Spirit speaks to me and says to me, you need to sow this t-shirt that I got as a gift before the hike. You need to sow it. And I'm like, okay, Lord, um, to whom? And I feel the Lord say, it's to her. And again, the thought comes, but this, this t-shirt you have, it's got Psalm, Psalm, sorry. I know it's Psalm, but it's just better in English, Psalm, because we are all Psalm, yes. Um, it's, uh, it's Psalm 23 in the, you know, in a cross on the t-shirt. So now I feel like I must sew it to her. And again, the enemy comes with this sneaky thought going, um, no, but you can't give that because that's like the word. And if she's an atheist, you are offending her. And I'm like, yes, but Gothic stuff is trendy and she likes Black Sabbath. So I think she will like the cross. She can learn later. It says Psalm 23. Anyway, so at the end of the hike, I um, obey Holy Spirit. You guys, we practice hearing God's voice. We practice. So any fear that you have of not hearing imperfect, you can just kick that out the door every time you tell yourself or anybody else, oh, I don't have to get it perfect because I'm practicing. Practice round. Practicing hearing his voice because that um, takes care of quite a bit of fear of getting something not perfectly done. It gets it out the way. So I practice hearing God's voice and I go and I say, Sudi, I felt like on my heart that I wanted to give this to you. And my um, eyes are opening up. Why is a stranger... Well, you get quite close after sweating a lot together, 15 k's a day on, on and off mountains. But 
semi-clothed stranger woman giving this to me and um, her eyes stretch and I just share with her the truth of that I believe that God loves her, that Jesus died on the cross for her. And if she wants to say yes to his invitation, she can be reconciled with him forever. And that's what I believe. And I just said to her, I believe that God loves you. And girl, I know that I love you too. And I gave her a hug and she started crying because we were made for love. The people in your life, they were made for love. They were made by God, for God. Yes, sometimes there's a veil over our eyes. Sometimes we've got hurt and offense with somebody that speaks about Jesus because that's not yet been, been healed. So you might be, uh, sometimes people are mean to people that are um, wanting to love them. But that's just because there's an aina that still needs to be healed. All of us were made by God, for God, and God is love. So God has made you for his love and he's made the people in and around your life for his love too. And he's not asking for you to do like supernatural, jump through hula hoops. He's asking, would you notice the people in your life that he has a heart for? And would you start reaching out to them and loving them? Being interested is the first step. So give the shirt to her um, and a while later, I get a message um, from the host family because how it works is it's, uh, the host family is not allowed to speak to the um, foreign exchange student about Jesus, but if they speak to you, you know, you know they're allowed. But now, luckily, there's a random tiny on the hike. She's not a host. She can just ta-ta-ta. So the host family, like, sends me the photo saying, it's day three, she's not taking off the shirt. Because we were made for love. And she could experience the love, although she didn't 100% understand what's on that T-shirt. So a week later, we meet up, um, I, um, you know, I say to her, if you want, I'm going to church. If you'd like, you're so welcome to join. Immediately says, yes, we go to church. And after church, we start chatting. And I'm like, so what was that like for you? And it turns out, although both her parents and her older sibling um, are atheists, that about two or three years ago, when she was 12 or 13, she realized God is the truth. So she's been believing since then. I don't think there was any form of discipleship or something like that. But in her heart, she knows. And um, afterwards, I explained about Holy Spirit infilling that all of us, when we're Christians, we have the Holy Spirit with us. But if you go read in Acts, um, and some of you need to start practicing um, on a friend that's already Holy Spirit, you know, filled with Holy Spirit, so that when you get an opportunity to pray with somebody to receive the Holy Spirit, you have the confidence to do that. So you need to practice what I'm explaining now. So I um, say to her, everybody's got the Holy Spirit with them because the word says no one can say that Jesus is Lord unless it is by the Holy Spirit. But then there's a place where the disciples or Christians were following Jesus already. It's in Acts um, 19. I sometimes switch that around, so everybody forgive me if I said it incorrectly, but I'm trusting it's 19. And um, where Paul comes to the disciples asking, have you been baptized with Holy Spirit? And they go, no, I haven't heard of that yet. So the answer is no. They literally said we haven't heard of it. Anyway, so I explained to her that you can be filled up with the Holy Spirit and relinquish, give over your life to him if you want to. And she's like, yes, she'd like to. And we pray for that. Um, um, I pray um, short sentences where she's praying after me, nervous and fearful. She says, can she rather not pray out loud? And I just say, no, sweetie, it's fine. Um, remember, if we act as if something's weird, why must we expect somebody else to think it's normal? So I didn't go like this. I'm going to pray now with you, but um, please just, just don't freak out. Lock the doors of my car quickly now. No, I didn't speak like that. I just said to her, listen, it's really awesome. It's a gift of the Lord. It's a short, it's basically a prayer that you're going to pray. And she said, yes. And obviously now the enemy comes trying to bring fear again because he cannot stop us. He's been overcome at the cross. But 
He's not going to stop trying to distract us. But then that's our choice, whether we submit to fear, jealousy, intimidation, all those little things. It's lots of different names for the same thing, distracting us from running off to Jesus because we cannot be held back by the enemy to, to run off to Jesus. And Jesus is not going to hold us back because he's calling us. So the only one that can keep you from running off to Jesus is you when you by accident submit under those distractions. But hallelujah, God is good, and we've got a family, so we go on each other's flames, and we just burn bright again for Jesus. So we pray, and afterwards, her eyes go big, and the tears are running because she's so hungry and so sensitive for the presence of the Lord. And she says, that's the first time I've prayed. Um, And I ask, oh, with somebody? And she says, no, it's the first time she's prayed out loud in her life. And I want to start crying more than her because I'm just in awe of God's faithfulness and his bigness. That if you are hungry for God, that he will meet you. He will always feed the hungry. Not necessarily when we are proud and arrogant and all those things. In fact, he says he resists the proud, but he says he gives grace to the humble. So if you're hungry for God, you will be fed. And this is quite distracting, but it's better than that other night at the campsite when the wind was doing this with me. That was very sad for me to preach the gospel like that because I was very distracted. But I'm so glad Eugene shared that testimony. I could continue with it because I've got a question for you. I want to know um, if you are talking in your sleep. <laughs> so um, any sleep talkers here? Oh, my word. You people are weird. I also do that. Um, anybody here, any walkers in the sleep? You used to walk in your sleep. Any sleepwalkers? Anybody that knows somebody that likes to walk in their sleep? Knows somebody that chats in their sleep? Who's got a roommate and the roommate talks in their sleep? That's why you know people like that. If my roommates of high school were here, they'd be like... Um, my roommate once said to me, what was that song you were singing last night? And I'm like, I didn't sing. She's like, you sang in the middle of the night. I'm like, what did I sing? She's like, I don't know the song. I'm like, I was asleep. She's like, no, you were singing. I'm like, so I, I, I talked in my sleep. And she's like, no, you sang. You sang in your sleep. I'm like, that's next level, singing in your sleep. How's that? So, So we're going to come back to um, walking and talking in our sleep or being awake just now, just before we get back to sleep, talking about sleep. No one's going to sleep here in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I mean in the spirit, but also in the natural. But if you're really tired, you can rest. There is freedom in this place, people. There is. If David could like chow the bread for the offering, you can rest if you're super tired in your father's house. How's that? Take that, the religious spirit. I said, me. Um so it's true. I was like super condemned when I was younger and I struggled to stay awake. And now I'm just like, oh, Lord, I want to be awake because I don't want to miss out. But if I fall asleep, that means I feel at home. Because you only fall asleep at other people's houses where you feel really at home. Am I right? So I've got a question. What are you and I called for? Why are we here? What are we called for? There are quite a few things, but let's look at one or two specific topics. One of the things that you and I are called to be is salt and light. Light 
in the places where it's dark so people can see and there will be freedom. Salt in the place where people have got hurts, whether it's a cut or you've got a sinus situation, you're going in there with the salt water. So the, I've been going for gold with that this week. So that's why it sounds so good for you. Um, so salt literally takes... It, clean, it cleanses and it literally takes infection and can take it away. So it's healing. So salt is for healing and light is for freedom because where there's darkness, you are bound. But where there's light, we can see, we can make decisions. There's freedom. That's who you are. Let's check. We always check whatever I or anybody else with the mic says. We check it with the word. Okay, now the wind is also getting excited about the gospel. It's going amen much louder than you. So there's no competition, but maybe there is. Matthew five thirteen to 16. <laughs> Shake what your mama gave you. I'm sorry. That's what's going on in my head when I saw that. Matthew five thirteen to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do you. They light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Sometimes that can be like um, confusing when somebody goes like, do it so people can see your good works. It's not saying here, advertise your good works. It's saying live a life that wherever you are, if you are alive and in that room, somebody's going to see a good work because you plugged into Holy Spirit going, who here can I notice? Who can I chat to? Who can I serve? Who's near? Um, Okay, I've got 99 friends at church. I'm high-fiving and fist-bumping and hello, hello, everybody. And that person is on their own. I believe that if we do not go for that person that are sitting here on their own and you're just hanging out with your friends, you're not in line with the heart of Jesus. Because Jesus explicitly said he leaves the 99 for that one. That's not yet part of the group. And I'm not saying we're not allowed to greet each other and just go, where's somebody I don't know, where's somebody I don't know. Because we need like love because God made us to love. And one of the ways he loves us through each other. So we need to look for each other and high five and fist bump and do hugs and do side hugs and whatever you're comfortable when the Wi-Fi, you know, pure next level holiness, the Wi-Fi, you know, five. So it's just no contact. That's just a joke. But my point is just, we need to love each other and say, God, teach me how to love my people. Teach me how to love my friends well. Teach me how to love them even better because you know their love languages even more than me. Teach me how. But in the same breath, while loving people, I believe we're always supposed to keep our eyes open and say, yeah, but who's alone? Like, who can we just invite in and say, hey, don't, don't sit there. Come sit here by us. And if the person's super shy, you can just go sit next to them. If they're introvert, they're going to go, oh, these charismatics. But other than that, But even introverts in a new town, you still need friends. So people, we can keep our eyes open so we can be salt and light wherever we go. So whether it's the salt and light story, guys, salt and light, you're not like salt and light because it's Wednesday night and it's small group or, oh, it's Sunday, I switched my salt and light now on here. No, it's Tuesday morning in a queue somewhere when you are late and home affairs is crazy and you're frustrated somewhere with the nation and escort, I'm off on foot up and you're standing there and you are nervous because you are late and there's a long queue and you just go, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm not here by accident. You king of my life, I'm surrendered to you. You ordain the steps of the righteous, the word says. So my, my feet are here. 
who can I connect with in this queue? Maybe that's the first and the last time in a long season or in a lifetime that somebody gets to hear somebody, something from somebody they don't know, saying to them, hey, how are you doing? How's your day so far? And you can just start chatting. And from there, you can just trust Holy Spirit to whether it's sharing a testimony or whether it's at the end of the conversation and beep, number 299, go to door number five before they go just you don't have to go like the whole revelation if you're like super nervous just go god bless you sir and then after a while you're going to realize wow it's so good i was made to bless people i was made to love people after a while you're going to realize you're not just going to wait say good god bless you when you say goodbye you're going to say god bless you he loves you hope you've got a lucky day forever whatever but before you know it you're gonna realize that we were made to say to people, listen, God bless you, Jesus loves you, and I appreciate your friendly help today. Thank you. So, every area of your life, whether it's in the classroom, whether you just paid at checkers, whether it's whatever, there are people around you hungry and waiting for you to be salt and light. And the Holy Spirit is right there hovering with you, waiting on you. Because God does not force us, but the whole time he's ready. He's ready to love people. He's ready to love you, and he's ready to love through you. All he's asking is, will you say, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? And then from that place, if that thought pops up into your heart, sew the t-shirt, Mariette. I can either go, but it's my new t-shirt. Or I can just be like, in case it's the Holy Spirit, I'm just so definitely going to do this. And you can test that little thought that you have. If you're not sure if it's the Holy Spirit, test it. Is it in line with the word of God? So I've got a thought, give this t-shirt away to that girl. Oh, but your good friend gave it to you last week. And I'm like, that friend sews much more. Like she gives away much more than t-shirts. So I'm like, oh, it will bless Nadia so much if she now hears I sewed the t-shirt that she gave me because Nadia's just sold out for Jesus. (laughs) So... You can just test that thought and go, okay, if, what if I'm making this up? If I made it up and I gave somebody a t-shirt, what would have happened? Word says it's more blessed to give than to receive, so I'd be blessed. And if it's Holy Spirit, something profound could have happened. Not that it's not profound to give something to somebody, blessing people in a world where everything is like, ooh, a, relation, a person, I'm going to chat to you because what can I get out of it? But when there are people that we are chatting to that we can get nothing out of it, and we're just saying, Holy Spirit, all we want out of this is kingdom. We want you. We want you. We want your will to be done. Show me like how to be interested in this person. Luke 9, 1 to 2. We're still on the question on of what are we called for? Luke 9, 1 to 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, here's a very difficult question. Don't look at verse 2. But what did Jesus send them to do? It's like higher grade. We need Greeks and Hebrews and Bible school 13. Verse 2. He sent them to? Preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. That's what we're called to do. We're called to tell people about Jesus and heal people when they are sick. God is not asking you to do the miraculous healing part. He's asking you to do the, the, the natural part that you can do. So let's say here my friend is standing and she's like, yes, my shoulder is so sore. 
then obviously the enemy is going to take a little gap in your tone of voice. He's not going to say, oh, you must be so afraid. What if you disappoint and it doesn't work? It would be luxurious if he spoke like that because it'd be so easy to go, go away in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I listen to you. But now the thought pops into your heart. But if you pray and they don't get healed, sure. Won't they be a little bit more distant or disappointed and offended with the Lord and with people like you? (gasps) And then we just have to ask ourselves, like, if they think badly of us or disappointed in us, does it matter if I'm not on the throne of my life anymore? Because if I say that Jesus is on the throne of my life, I start to matter so much less. But if Mariette and what people think about Mariette is still on the throne of Mariette's life, fear and intimidation will stop you from doing most things for Jesus. So sometimes the issue is not fear, it's not distraction, it's not the enemy, it's just your heart might become as become a little bit stinky because you have become, you know, the one sitting on the throne of your life. So just rebuke yourself and repent and go, I see that and I, I mean, I repent, Jesus, that I'm so worried about what it will look like if that doesn't happen. It's not about what I will look like even. I just want to trust you and I just want to love you and I want to love the people that you've placed in my life, the life that you want to love. And then we can just pray. And then all we do is I do the natural part. It's normal. Can you, anybody, everybody quickly raise your right hand. Put it on your left shoulder. Was that difficult? No. Okay. Now say, in Jesus' name be healed. Was that difficult? No. So that was, give your sons a round of applause yourself. That was a brilliant practice round for praying for healing. Because that's all we have to do. We lift our hand and we put it on the shoulder or the area in the person's body that needs healing. And we say, in Jesus' name be healed. And then... If we want to step out some more in faith, we just start going, how does it feel now? For quite a while, the Holy Spirit was prompting me to ask people after I prayed for healing, how does it feel? And because of fear and place of faith, I didn't ask them. But at a stage, I just started asking more and more and more. And I believe sometimes people get healed when we take that second step of faith by going, how does it feel? Sometimes, some of you have seen when we pray for people and it gets a little bit better, then I say to them, can we quickly pray again to say thank you? Because oftentimes when we say say thank you, the rest of the healing comes. But that's not going to happen if I didn't even ask them, how do you feel? So you guys, that's the possible part. To move my mouth and to move my hand, that's possible. The healing part, that for us is impossible. God does that part. And he's asking just who wants to partner with me. I'm so excited to heal the people in your life. Their hearts, their marriages, their relationships, their bodies, their souls, their spirits. God is ready. Jesus already rose. Holy Spirit already came. Enemy cannot hold us back because he was defeated on the cross. So what are we waiting for? (gasps) We're waiting for us. Like, turn to your neighbor and and say to them, oh, we are waiting for us. (laughs) I like that. Ooh, that was included. Okay, cool. Now back to the sleep talking and walking. So now that we know that what we were called for, oh, and one more thing. Guys and girls, we've been put together differently. So the the word of God speaks about the the body of believers, the same as a human body. Someone is a nose, somebody is an elbow, somebody is a soft and squishy cheek, somebody is a chin, somebody is an extra chin. Somebody is... (laughs) All got different functions. And God is calling you to live out and bring healing and salvation and kingdom 
through your function. He's not asking you to be me, and he's not asking me to be Eugene. So you and I have to go, Holy Spirit, teach me how I'm going to love and serve people. I'm inspired by those stories, but some of them I cannot relate to. But I know in my heart that I'm also called for people to be saved and healed. Show me how you want to use me. Here's an example. Maybe somebody, um, you've got the gift of hospitality. Your heart's desire is to make people feel welcome, hey? So somebody's coming to visit a church. They're coming here to show for Salambosh. They're there at the door. They're very intimidated with big groups of people that they don't know yet. And now they see this face, this beautiful face. Says. And they're standing there and they're unsure. And that small voice is going, you can go home. You can watch something online. You, 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 can, you don't have to be here. This is very uncomfortable. All these people are like, you can, you can just leave. Like, if somebody asks where you're going, you say, it's Wendy, I forgot my top. You, you just, just you, can, you can go. And you, here you come. You with the gift of hospitality and want people to feel welcome. And you're like, oh, they said we must look out for the people that may be on their own, that maybe don't have friends yet. And you're like, that person looks very unsure. Maybe they're thinking where the bathroom is. And here you come. Now the enemy is gunning at them, hey? Turn around, don't come. Remember, this is unbeliever. Unbelievers come. That's the point of why we are salt and light, so that the salt can be more salt because Jesus saves more and more people. So there are people standing at the door, and they're going to get saved in two Sundays' time. And they may be unsure whether they're going in for the first time or ever again. And they hear and that intimidating voice says, you're the people anywhere going to judge you. And what if they sing like weird songs you've never heard? And they sing like in English and you like struggle. You like barely came through English. Now just lost you in metric. And now um, like, you know, you can just turn around. And while there's this accusation, like arguments and battle going for this person's soul, you come by going, hello, who can it? And they're like Afrikaans or whatever language you are speaking to them. And sadly for you, it was very small to say, hi, how are you? But for them, it's a big deal. And they go, no, it's okay. And you just go, do you want to come sit with me in this service? Would you, would you like to? And they're like, yes. And they go, and they go sit down in the service. And they think, Bicky, weird, but I feel like I want to come again next week. And that next week is their divine appointment to get saved and born again. Why? Why did they come two weeks later? Because somebody loved them when they were not sure of themselves, whether they were loved already or not, whether they fitted in or not. Because we don't need to know anybody here to know the presence of God and feel so loved and welcome. But God is asking, who will be my hands and my feet? So we've got all different scenarios, different ways that God wants to use us for people to know Jesus, to know encouragement, to have new hope, and you don't have to be an expert. God uses the willing. You don't have to be an expert. God uses the willing. You do not have to be an expert. God uses the willing. How do I know this? I'm so unmarried. I've got my own show called Vane Trouye. Ne? And I can't tell you how many times God uses me in marriages where people's hearts are just low. And then I'm like, God, I'm definitely made in your image because this is funny. It's really funny. And then again, God says, I use the willing. I want to give hope. I want to give hope. And I use the willing. So there's people in your life, they are desperate for hope. You've got hope. What will you do with it? What will you do with the hope that you've got this week in your heart? 
It's in the word of God. What will you do with it? Will you walk around saying, oh, I'm stressed about this and then that deadline and this and this? Or you're going to stand in that line and just going, Holy Spirit, I've got time. Who can I pray for? Who needs a WhatsApp? Who needs a WhatsApp saying, thinking of you, still love you, my friend. I don't know. No, I don't see you often. Emoticon, emoticon. Depending on your age, you might have said all of that in emoticons. But some of us, the mediums, we like half, tick, half emoticon, and then the seniors are just like all caps. Leaf, lo, blah, 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 lol. Ne? Lots of love. I'm like, mama, that means love. I would love. So, so here's my question. Are you and myself, are we, are you awake? Because this is what we called for. And I can know that I'm called for these things. But if I have fallen spiritually asleep, I will not notice the girl on the hike. I will not notice the Holy Spirit softly putting a thought to my heart. Give this t-shirt as a gift at the end. I will not be vigilant and saying, I must get a number. Maybe she's in Cape Town area. Maybe I can invite her to church. If I'm spiritually asleep, I can sing worship songs. I can say, oh, I want to go on missions in June. And the Holy Spirit is like, yes, I want you to do that because lives are going to change. But I also want you to reach out to the person that I've posted to you. So God is waiting on us. And there's hope inside of you because there's Jesus Christ inside of you that you can hand out. But if we have fallen spiritually asleep, we cannot do that. Because when you are spiritually asleep, you can still talk, but you're talking in your sleep. You can still walk, but you're walking in your sleep. So you go through the motions, like outreach. Yes, outreach is important. I've got a missions t-shirt from 2001. And um, yes, that's great. But Jesus says daily, pick up your cross and follow me. So if I was on fire for Jesus yesterday, but today I did not choose, choose Jesus as my number one. I'm in such deep trouble. So daily, we need to say, Lord, am I still awake? So, proud for yourself, Marie. I will. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going to share a testimony. Just before that testimony, this quick scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. 1, 5, 23. Yes, you are all, but thank you, projector person. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ this world wants us to believe that we are a body and we've got a soul and we must just be led by that soul your soul is your will your thoughts your emotions but god says we are spirit soul and body so do, you, do I physically get born again when I give my life to Jesus? No, I'm not, my mother's much shorter than me. I tease, um, that doesn't matter, that joke doesn't matter. Um, she's much shorter than me, so no, we, I won't fit. Um, but being born again, it's a spiritual experience. It's my spirit. So I've got a body, and inside here there's a soul and there's a spirit, and my spirit gets born again when I say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, and I cannot save myself. I repent, and I turn to you, Jesus. I say, be my Savior. Abba, thank you that you are now my Father. That is what happens when we get born again. And it's our spirit being born again, and that's why it's important for us continuously for our spirit to stay awake. 
because I can function in the natural and my soul and my thoughts and emotions are, you know, keep on going, but spiritually I've fallen asleep. The times that I've fallen asleep spiritually, I've only noticed after I've been asleep for a while. How scary is that? The times where Mariette confessing Jesus as having being her number one and must be her number one forever. By the time I have fallen asleep in the past, I've only noticed it when I've fallen asleep spiritually a while back. And then by God's grace, he opens up my eyes and I realize, oh wait, I haven't, I haven't prayed or, sp- or spoken to somebody in the checkers in months. And I used to share like 10 testimonies with my friends every day of what Holy Spirit did that day or that week. And then I'm be like, that's just my random example. The last time I repented was for that. That's why I'm sharing that. It can be for whatever. And then I was like, what gave me a fright was just when I said to God, when did I fall asleep? When did I fall asleep though? And how, who can I get geared for? Like, how can I prevent it next time? It felt like I woke up from a car crash and I didn't know that I fell asleep and I crashed the car. And that made me nervous. I was like, Lord, what is this? Um, so firstly, I repented. But it's fine because you're internalizing. Um, so that literally it was. Um, I'm like, Lord, so what now? How, how do we change this? What do we do? So I was thinking to myself and in conversation with the Lord, and I just realized that obviously when he showed me, it's not a big fat drama for seven years. You just repent. Yes, I was frightened and shocked and disappointed at how, how the horse did that happen and what I thought I was on fire. Like, But I just repented and saying, I'm sorry, Lord, I have fallen asleep. You have not been my number one when I was in that shop. My little list of shopping and my other deadlines, that became my number one. That's why I did not notice the people that needed encouragement, a hello and pray. So I repented. And then God, and then we just started getting out of the boat again, just practicing hearing his voice again, just risking it for Jesus. People, if you want to walk by faith, you're going to take a risk. That's part of the... um, parcel and every time you get nervous and go what if it doesn't come out right then you go oh wait i'm practicing this is a practice round and i just said one day to god you guys i was like lord i'd rather pitch up in heaven completely wet one day than having been sitting in the boat my whole life discussing doctrine about faith discussing over and over my revelation and my scriptures about walking by faith. I was like, Lord, I'd rather miss it and pitch up pups of night in heaven. But I know I got out of the boat. And I had to preach like that to myself because yourself, you have this fear. What if I don't get it right? What will people think of me? And then I'm like, okay, Marie, why does it bother you what people will think of you who's on the throne of your life? And then again, repentance is your friend. You repent, and Jesus is back on the throne of your life, and that means actually freedom. Repentance brings freedom. It brings freedom. Repentance brings freedom. If you want freedom, you go to Jesus and say, Lord, where's my heart heart towards you? Which area of my heart am I still on the throne and not you? Because I want you on that throne. I want to repent so you're on the throne so I can walk in freedom. So did you know? You know when you go to bed 
you notice beforehand that you are feeling sleepy, right? That's why you're going to bed. If you're a night owl, normal people just tell themselves it's nine o'clock, I have to go to bed. So you go to bed and then you start becoming sleepy or you were sleepy. But did you notice that you never exactly know the exact moment that you fall asleep? You know you're tired. You know you're going to bed. That's why you put on your pajamas, hopefully brushed your teeth, washed your face, got into bed. But the exact moment that you fall asleep, you're not aware of that. When people are driving a car very far, a vehicle very far, and they get tired, and there's no one else in the car, it's just them. They're getting tired. They know they're tired. But the exact moment that that person falls asleep, if God forbid they do, they didn't know about it. Otherwise, they would just not fall asleep because they're in a car driving 100 kilometers an hour or maybe more. And it's the same spiritually. The exact moment we fall asleep spiritually, we're not aware of that. We wake up later when things are a mess or if by God's grace, it's just starting on its way to become a mess. So what do we do? It's simple. The same in the car. What's going to sort out that issue if the guy is tired and he's driving? You and me next to them going, you know, finger in the ear or like telling them a joke or saying, let's stop. Can I please drive for an hour? Or um, can we quickly walk around the car? Whatever. Community. Community. If you are in community, that's awake. It becomes very difficult, close to impossible to fall asleep. But if you are on your own, then sleep can come and sleep can stay for quite a while. And that's why it's so important, guys, that we need to fight with ourselves and with our godly community to stay in community, stay in relationship. Listen, the Nadia I was talking about earlier, her and her husband pick out the other day, they are visiting me for a few days. And after three or four days of just seeing them now and again, because I was still working and doing other stuff, I was just like, I was like, I need somebody to pray for. I'm so excited. When I go to the shop, I'm like, oh, on the other side of the aisle, there is somebody with a crick. And I'm like, snaying a lane like oh maybe I need more shampoo because it's not awkward because it's next to where they are then and I'm like hello good day hi how are you happy 2020 because you know how in the beginning of the year like everybody tells random people happy 2020 all us extroverts we love it which like for a week or two the whole world is friends like strangers you see each other happy 2020 it's like we're just we're suddenly all friends so it's in our human nature wanting to share joy with each other, wanting to connect with each other. We were made by God for his love and we were made to hand out his love to one another. God gives us his love directly and through his body. His head is part of the body. That's why it's so important that we stick to the body, that we say, God, show me people that I can love that's in your body. It's so important that we say, show me people that are not yet in your body, that I can just love into your body, that I can love and serve and be interested in into your body. That is what we are called for. That is who we are. We are salt and light. You are salt and light. The word doesn't say if you feel nice and you feel wise. No, it says you are the salt. You are the light. That's who you are. But spiritually, Satan wants us to be asleep. But we don't have to be asleep because he's been overcome by Jesus on the cross. So that's why it's so important that we ask each other, listen, and you ask yourself, Holy Spirit, am I awake? Am I awake? What is your heart? What's the last thing you said to me? Have I done it? 
go practice, go do that, go test it and go, Holy Spirit, what's one of the last things that you told me to do that I maybe forgot because I was not walking in fear that day or that week? Because when we walk in the fear of the Lord, obedience becomes our number one priority. You don't have to psych yourself up to obey God if you walk in the fear of the Lord. So sometimes it feels to me like there's millions of issues and then I test it. I go, Mariette, if you feared God, would these 17 issues be an issue? Then I'm like, no, the 17 issues becomes two issues. Fearing the Lord will sort out those 12 things and humility in that area will sort out that thing. Okay, so that's just a free gift for you. Um, fearing the Lord sorts out a lot of things. So are we awake spiritually? Let's look at what Jesus, um, how Jesus was also speaking about sleeping and being awake in the natural, how he was equating it to spiritually being awake in Matthew 26, 40 to 41. So this is the place where Jesus is just before the crucifixion. It's after the last supper. He's um, taking some of the disciples with him to get Gethsemane. He's going to pray and he's says here, um, he says, um, just watch and wait here. I'm going to pray. And then I come back. Then he comes back. Then he came to the disciples, verse 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let's read it again. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you shouldn't enter into temptation is what less you enter into temptation means. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So guys, all I want to know is, do you know what you are called for and are you awake so you can do it? Do I, do we, do us? Do we know what we are called for and are we spiritually awake so we can just fulfill it? Because Jesus already rose from the grave. Holy Spirit, the helper, already came. The same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is available to partner with you to let his plans be fulfilled through your life. The question is just, are we spiritually awake and do we fear God? Is he our number one? Because then our desire will be to obey him. Because I know of people that hear God's voice much clearer than me. I go like this. When they tell me stories of how they hear his voice and I go, and, and then sometimes they will tell me, oh, they're not sure they haven't actually obeyed yet. And then I get really nervous. And I'm like, Lord, we can hear your voice well. We can do everything. But if we do not fear you, if you are not on the throne of my life, we'll always get good ideas why it's okay not to obey God right now. But we need to be vigilant. We need to be spiritually awake so that heaven can come everywhere we go, whether it's in the classroom, the queue and checkers, or at our workplace, or a family member, wherever God wants to be salt and light through you. So who you run the race with and what you keep your eyes on will determine how you will run the race and if you'll finish it. So we're all running a race. So who we run the race with and where we keep our eyes on, that's going to determine how our race will look like. And If we will end, let's finish off with Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Where where must you look? Looking 
onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's read that again because that's really packed with incredible truth. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking onto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I repent and apologize. I'm pretty sure it should be not a despising the shame. Um, a while back, I was going through a, a bit of a rough time, and I bump into somebody that doesn't know me that well, and I'm not looking like this, and she's like, oh, what is wrong? And I'm like, no, everything's actually fine. It's a, uh, a challenging time, but I'm actually well. And she's like, oh, but you're not smiling. What, what is wrong? And I'm like, no, it's actually going good. Like, I'm close to God. I'm following for a lot of things like him. So it's okay. I'm just, it's just, I'm just focused now because I've got a lot of tasks for today. Also, true story. And she's like, no, I can see that something is wrong because if you've got joy, you will always smile and be happy. And I'm like, yeah, well, it depends the joy of the world's definition or God's definition. Because the word says Jesus, because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So guys, we have to ask ourselves, who are we living for? Is it for God's kingdom to come? Because then we're going to go according to his principles, according to his definitions. But if we are living for our own kingdom to come on earth, we're going to run the race according to our human principles and human definitions. And then we will be bound by chains. But then God sets us free when we say, I want to run. I want to run for Jesus. I want to run by Jesus. Band, you can come up to the stage. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.